Harry, I have no idea where this will lead us, but I have a definite feeling it will be a place both wonderful and strange. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday to you. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour. We anticipate some lively discussion, lively as can be when the subject is life and death and all that goes before, exists in between, and what about afterward? Lots to cover this hour. And our guest, Reverend Tom Newman, is someone, a gentleman with whom Suzanne and I have become quite acquainted, and he has tremendous things to say and tremendous insights to share. Before we get to Tom, we got to say hello to Nathan, tall guy Nathan at the board. How are you today, sir? Good morning, Gary and Suzanne. And, you know, last week we were talking about Bernie Sanders and how he went viral on the Internet. Well, today, this week, I'd like to wish you all a happy Catter Day. A catter day? Is it like National Cat Day or something? That's when people just post pictures of cats, cat memes on the internet, <laughs> caption them. Anything that's goofy around cats goes oh, on the internet. That's, it reminds me of the other 364 days a year. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the celebrated lol cats, for example. <laughs> oh, interesting. I can have cheeseburger? Oh, that's that's, you know, and even animal energy may come up in there. And we have uh, we have our critter fans who listen to this show. We hear about them from time to time. And maybe Tom will have a thing or two to say about those, uh, as I do. But yes, Nathan, thank you for pointing that out. Always glad to have you with us. And today, Suzanne, it's been years. We've been remiss in not bringing this gentleman back with us. But now we have a full hour to talk about metaphysics, to talk about mediumship, to talk about life in the world unseen, which is a book that had an influence on Reverend Tom Newman. Why don't you read the mad props today and let's bring him on. Okay. And this is just the shortened version, everybody. Reverend Tom Newman began giving talks and spirit messages at church services at the age of 27 and commenced his ministerial studies formally in 1990. He was ordained as a minister of the Shrine of the Master Church in Tampa, Florida, with a branch campus at that time in Sarasota, back in 1995, when founder Reverend Dorothy Flexer made her transition in 1996, Tom became the senior pastor of the center. He had the honor of serving in the role of senior pastor and executive director of the Sarasota Church, whose name was changed in 2011 to the Sarasota Center of Light, doing so for almost 17 years before retiring at the end of May 2013. We were there for his last service. Suzanne, I remember yes, that we very were. clearly. Mm -hmm. Tom has been a member of the church and a student of metaphysics for 53 years and counting. He continues to teach a variety of developmental, healing, mediumship, and awareness classes and workshops at venues both domestic and international. And so once again, after a while, we welcome once again, Reverend Tom Newman. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing terrific, Gary. Thank you for that um, lovely introduction. Suzanne, greetings to you. Greetings to you. We have lots of things we want to talk about with you today. Gary has questions. I have questions. And Tom's got the answers. We, I do. Of course he does. <laughs> He's the answer guy. Well, here, here's a light and easy way of introducing this. Uh, Tom, I know you to be quite a busy man, but we noted here that you retired at the end of May 23 at Sarasota Center of Light. Retirement for you seems to be a relative term. Well, I people ask me how I like retirement. I tell them I didn't really retire. I just changed who I report to, and I like the new guy a lot. <laughs> The other thing that Gary failed to mention is that we build you as the seer of Santa Fe. So you are no <laughs> longer living in Sarasota, but you are living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And how is that working out for you? Do you uh, love Santa Fe? Oh, I, I have been coming to Santa Fe for, um, oh, let's see, I would, oh, 40 years, <laughs> and, uh, 50, 50 years, actually. And um, it's always been my dream to uh, retire here. So it's, it's going well. I have, you know, I have a constant contact group that um, I notify when thing, people are coming in. And it's up to um, 425 people. 
And um, most of them are in this area, but some are throughout the U.S. and some in other countries. But I bring in, uh, I'm bringing in uh, seven, uh, seven teachers of higher spiritual uh, wisdom and experiences every year. So I've been doing that for five years now. And there, you know, some of the people, you know, David Thompson from, from New Zealand, Nicole uh, DeHaas from Holland, um, Eric and Gerald from York, England, um, Steve Woods from Maryland, an amazing deep trance medium, Philip Dykes and Carrie McLeod are from Scotland. They were here, have been here um, once in person, and last year they were here by Zoom. And John White, who is, um, yeah, I think you know John White. He's a very um, experienced and, and accomplished medium from Lilydale in Western New York. Uh, so, John White has been on our show. Yeah. Oh, and good. I was gonna, and I was going to say, when talked about Lilydale, one of the things that just um, tipped me off right away is of the many things that Gary and I have done with you. The class at Lilydale that we took with you really stands out because we had a, a, a very filled room. Uh, I don't know how many you were supposed to put in there, but you put two or three <laughs> times the number of uh, legal fire limit people in the room. There, there, was, <laughs> and, there was, well, let's just say we stretched the boundaries of that and opened the doors there to allow easy egress just right. in case. And it was for the purpose of finding out your gatekeeper's name. And this is with a, a large number of people who do not claim to have any particular psychic or mediumship ability. This is your your average person who maybe hasn't developed that. And Gary and I were among those too. And in this large room, you led us through quite a few exercises. The last one of which was to learn and state the name of your gatekeeper on the other side. And I was completely and totally amazed that almost everybody in the room got it right. Yeah, that and, was and amazing. You verified it with mm. some dowsing rods. Uh, uh -huh. They either opened or closed, and they were opening up constantly. And uh, and Gary got his, and I got mine. I got close. I was like one letter off of what it was, but I was very close. And it was it was just amazing to me that you were able to facilitate a connection with people who wouldn't you know, make a big claim about being intuitive. And yet you facilitated that connection with the other side so that everybody did have that experience yep. for that evening. And so that was, that's one of those, those pearls that I carry with me. Like oh, nice. I did that. I did that. Nice. <laughs> I did we, that with Tom Newman. <laughs> we had 32 people res had reservations for that class. We ended up with 60. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the room was crowded. I just, remember. Just under the fire limit required. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> For the record. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if we're going to brag on Tom Newman, then I have a story I love to tell, and I told it to others, though not on the air before. So, Tom, with your indulgence, I sure. wanted to recollect that there was a particular evening, a Sunday evening service at the Sarasota Center of Light to which you are all invited. They're not meeting in person yet. There's a pandemic on folks, but at some point in the near future, we hope to gather once again in person. But this is going back to, uh, it would probably have been in the year 2013. And I clearly recall how stunned I felt when I was chosen for a message by Reverend Tom Newman and he said, Gary, can you, can you take the name Francis? Does that have significance to you in a personal way? Well, I, at first I was a little thrown because there is a lovely garden adjacent to the sanctuary at SCOL, as we call it for short. And right there, the centerpiece of this beautiful garden, the healing garden, is a statue of St. Francis and a little fountain. So I thought, oh, well, yes, I mean, St. Francis, I grew up Catholic anyway, so St. Francis has a certain meaning. He's one of my favorite saints, you know, because uh, he was part renegade anyway, so I kind of liked the cut of his jib. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, I mean, I can take Francis, yes. And a few seconds later, once uh, 
Tom had given me the message and it was a, a supportive, kindly message. He moved on to someone else. And then it occurred to me, oh my God, I'm going to have to ask Tom about this. Why Francis? Why did that name come through? And after the service, I went up to the, on my way out the door in the foyer there, I asked Tom, Tom, what was it about Francis that made you come to me with that particular name? And Tom said to me, I have been working lately with spirit, with my guides, in order to come up with validated messages for people based on places, its names, its places or addresses. And I offer those because I want to know that I am properly referencing something of particular relevance to the individual. And so that's what I was doing tonight. I was focusing on what was being shown to me in terms of places as well as names. And I said, well, I've got a story for you, Tom. And in short, this is it. My parents lived in Pennsylvania and moved to Maryland where I was born in Baltimore. And back in the late 1950s, go west young man was still the rule because that's where the money could be made. My dad was a high school teacher. And he had an opportunity to go out to California and Southern California to launch a teaching career, which he did. When they moved to La Habra, California, they had not owned a home before. They had always rented. And so my mom and dad, with the help of the GI Bill and the VA loan, were able to buy their first house together. And that first house was on a street named Francis. Interesting. And so I thought place names, you wanted it to validate their first home together that they ever <clears throat> bought on Francis. And I still remembered that. I can barely remember the house, but I sure remember the name of the street. And I thought, okay, this guy's good. He's for real. Put aside <laughs> all doubts. <laughs> Gary, do you have time for a little story that I have about another sure, reading? Yes, please. Um, <clears throat> of course, one of the things I do out here are readings. And I do between... 200 and 250 a year, which is just about the right number. And I had um, I had a fellow call me from uh, Oklahoma, I believe. And um, he said it was a client that, you know, he and his wife would work with me on different things. <clears throat> and he said, my cousin is here and her mother just passed last um, Wednesday. And it was about a week, week ago. Is there any way you could give her a reading? And I said, sure. So we set it up for the next day. So, um, you know, I called them. Uh, she got on the phone. Her mother, her mother was uh, not in the Spirit um, Healing Center or the Spirit Hospital. So she was there, and she had lots of questions. It was very emotional. And and then her dad came in um, near the end, and he had a lot of things to say to her. And and then um, she said, "I said, well, we're getting close to our hour." And she said. Um, is there any last thing my dad wants to say to me? And um, the dad said, uh, the only challenge I'm having with your mother is finding a Dairy Queen in the spirit world. <laughs> <clears throat> and the, and the, the woman went, oh my God, my mother loved Dairy Queen and went every week to have something to eat. <laughs> I said, mentally, I said to Dr. Meredith, my teacher, I said, Ooh, this is good stuff. We need to keep, keep doing this. This is really great. <laughs> and these little things, it's a house on a street named Francis. It's Dairy Queen. That is one of the aspects of mediumship, evidential mediumship that I prize most highly, Tom, because people have two questions. I've said this numerous times on this broadcast. People have two essential questions that I don't care who you are, where you come from, you're going to entertain them at some point and maybe frequently. And those two questions are, are we humans alone and therefore the highest in intelligence or form of sentient life in the universe? Is it really this we're as high as it gets for the whole universe? Or is there someone else out there, some other civilization? And the second question is simply, what happens to us, if anything, when we die? And so for, for any evidence to come along that gets people to give up their doubts, if only 
in terms of reasoning their way through to the possibility that there is something beyond this life is a great service that you mediums and ministers in the metaphysical movement do for the world. You get people to question their assumptions about what if this is all there is. I agree. I agree. You know, it's, it's, um, you don't get uh, foxhole conversions, <laughs> you know, as many of the people during wars suddenly believe in God when they're in the foxhole and they're being shot at. But I think one of the important roles is for mediums is to open the door for the, for the client to start investigating and searching on their own. You know, you give them something evidential or some type of experience that they can resonate with, and it, it helps to trigger them to start searching on their own. And that's where the journey will begin, which is really neat. That's where the journey begins. And it also brings up something, Suzanne, I, I don't want to crowd the mic here. So if you have I something know. you want to I, ask about. I got stuff. You got stuff? Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to get in the game here? Well, sure. You shoot it up to play. <laughs> we've, got, we've got time here before the break. Um, I, I there Here's a question I had for you. And it reminds, the Dairy Queen really reminded me of it. The Dairy Queen story. I sat and had a reading with uh, a friend of yours named uh, Richard Scholler. Uh-huh. And uh, he asked me if my dad liked music. And I said, oh, he loved music. Love, love, love. He was a dance teacher. He played records all the time. He danced a lot. He loved music. And he said, did he play a musical instrument? And I said, no, he didn't. And he goes, oh, well, he's learning to play piano on the other side. Uh-huh. So, so here's my first question to you. When we're talking about what happens on the other side, I mean, is that couple actually looking for a Dairy Queen or an experience that would be like a Dairy Queen that would fulfill or satisfy some need or desire? And what about this learning to play piano in the spirit world instead of in this world? How does that all work? What's going on over there? Are we learning things still? Oh, absolutely. Um, Something to think about. Now, most people, and this is part of our belief systems that come up through traditional um, religious beliefs or even non, you know, nothing uh, secular beliefs. But we, we, we grow up and most people go their whole lives with this concept that this is the highlight of my experience, my existence, this lifetime. In reality, we're here on an extended journey to study and learn. Our real home is the spirit world. Now, the spirit world is comprised of seven different planes of existence. And we all have homes there. And so we can go back. You know, when we go back, the first thing we do is um, we're, we have the reunions. We are greeting people then, oh, um, Suzanne's back or Gary's back and let's catch and see how they're doing. And there could be people there that we knew in this lifetime. And there could be people that, um, that we've known for thousands of years, millions of years. So <clears throat> we go through the reunions. And even though we don't need to eat because we're just energy, we're pure energy, eating is a social function. So people can still create meals, cook, do all of this. And then, um, you know, the, the, the essence of us is the soul. And the soul was created 3 billion years ago. This comes from Gabriel. And um, so we're put into soul groups of 144. And we incarnate with many of the people in our soul group. And our primary guides are generally all people from our soul group. Well, there's a council of higher beings that have all been created for different functions that will guide each soul group. So we, when we plan a journey down here, then we'll review our plans with this, with this council. And they'll say, well, that looks good, or you might be trying to do too much, or, you know, they'll give suggestions. When we return after the reunions, we have what they call is a life review. And the soul group, uh, I mean, the council will ask you, 
about the life you just finished, they'll ask you two questions primarily. What did you learn? How much did you love? Essentially, that's it. Now, in the spirit world, we can choose to do whatever we want to do. You know, so it would make sense if your dad um, <clears throat> always had an interest in learning to play the piano, but for some reason couldn't make it happen. That's something he could do in the spirit world. You know, there's teachers, there are teachers and masters and, you know, very evolved beings and very uninvolved, uh, you know, under-involved, evolved beings. And it's just a matter of what, what we choose to do. Some people choose to help people on the earth as a guide. Some people will choose to help people um, in the spirit side of life, you know, putting up, setting up classes or workshops, things like that. So we can do anything we want. And it's all free will. We don't have to come down here for a lifetime. I asked a master teacher one time, you know, I sat in classes for 40 years with spirit. And um, I asked a master teacher one time, is it true that we write out a, a soul's plan, you know, for our journey down to have a lifetime? And, and she said, yes. And I said, do we put our exit into the plan? She said, yes. I said, how often does it come true? She said, 70% of the time. The other 30% of the time, people depart earlier because of lifestyle choices. You know, that makes perfect sense to me. And I said, well, how is it, how does a life on the earth compare to a life on other planets? You know, there are many, there are thousands of other planets that we could have a lifetime on. And she said, the life on the earth is the most difficult. I said, and she said, that's because of the duality that exists here on the, on the earth. You know, the opposites. You've got behavior that could be unconditional love, and you could have behavior that's hatred. You know, selfishness and selflessness, and it just goes on and on. I said, if a life on the earth is the most difficult, why do we keep coming back here? She said, because you can learn faster. Again, Everything is free will. You know, it's all free will and it all it all makes sense. Well, it does make sense. Uh, Tom, I'll tell you what doesn't make sense, <laughs> except maybe to those who work in metaphysics, and that is we had a power surge here and everything went out. We reside in Sarasota, Florida. The show is broadcast from Seattle. And every time I get one of you guys on here... <laughs> I run the risk of the power going up. There's this surge of power, and then it comes back in its own sweet time so we can resume the, the interview. And it happened once again just now. We are Manson Mitchell. Give us a couple of minutes. We're working on the computer over here. Hope to meet you on the other side of a break in this case. Happy to have you with us. We are Manson Mitchell, and you are tuned into Seattle's AM 1150. We'll be right back. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. son Levi was so proud to turn three, but he will never get the chance to turn four. I'm Nicole Hughes, Levi's mom. 
and while on a family vacation, his childhood was snatched away when I turned to close a bag of chips. He was sitting on the couch, surrounded by friends, and I split a brownie with him, and then somehow he slipped out the back door unnoticed, down a flight of stairs, and fell into the pool. When I jumped in to grab my son, the other half of the brownie was still in my mouth. I never thought my child would drown, but I was wrong. Drowning is the single leading cause of death for children ages one to four. It is silent and fast, and it can happen even when you aren't swimming. Drowning is preventable. Please talk with your pediatrician about how you can keep your child safe. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomes Stefan Schwartz for his perspective on the political and cultural landscape of life in America 2021. On Saturday, Kelly Sullivan Walden, the Green Doctor, returns with the path to becoming an awakened dreamer in a world that wants you to stay asleep. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell. And we are talking with the seer of Santa Fe, Tom Newman, (laughs) Reverend Tom Newman. We thought that was just so appropriate for the day. Reverend Tom, if people would like to connect with you, I'd like you to um, let us know what your website is. And also, if you have any classes or anything that people can connect with you and participate with you on. Absolutely. Um, my website is, um, and I ask people on a spiritual path, I said, if you sit with a teacher, you know, where you're going to be in a class or workshops or whatever, ask them what is the source of their truth? Because truth, as you know, has many faces these days. And, you know, you get to be a certain age and you don't want somebody's best guess. You don't want someone who's read a book, one book, and then now they're an expert in the field. So the source of my truth is the name of my website. It's teachingsoftheangels.com. Teachings is plural and so is angels. And you'll find a lot of information there, especially about the uh, um, people coming in this year, the Archangel Gabriel, his teachings. I have um, their his, uh, his and Karen Cook, his instrument. I have their entire life's work in my possession that I make available to people for, for, you know, small, small purchase. But ironically, you talked about the getting to know your spirit guides uh, class. I'll be doing um, that same class. It's uh, four different nights, two in February, one and they're on Thursday nights, February 4th and 18th, and then March 4th and 18th, an hour and a half in each time. And it's all done through the Sarasota Center of Light as far as registration. The, the fee is very reasonable. It's just $20 for a class. And that's all handled through the, um, the office there in, in Sarasota. But it, it gives people an opportunity like you. Um, you know, there's an old saying, and I'm sure you've heard it a hundred times. If you give a person a fish, you fed them for the day. If you teach them to fish, you fed them for life. Well, I try to teach people to fish. I try to teach people to get their own spirit guides names. And I give them, you know, techniques that help with that because they can not only do that with one particular guide, they can do it with all of them. And um, so anyway, that's, that's my, you know, one of my underlying motives, but yeah, if somebody wants to, uh, in fact, I'll, I don't think this is on the website. I'll put it on today, this particular class. But the other folks that are coming in, you know, and there's some, uh, I have made it a goal to seek higher spiritual teachings and the demonstrations of mediumship throughout the world. When I, before I moved here full time, I mean, I bought bought my home here in 07, but I didn't move here full time until the, you know, as you said, at the end of May in 13, I had this, you know, this kind of perception that Santa Fe was a place of higher spiritual teachings. So when I got, when I got out here uh, full time, I mean, before I was coming out for as a second home for rest, relaxation, explore the area and all that, 
But when I got here full time, I said, well, let me just see what's out here. I couldn't find higher spiritual teachings. I mean, there's a unique energy here, a very um, refined energy, but I couldn't find the higher spiritual teachings. So I talked to my spirit doctor and he said, we will bring those teachings here ourselves. And that's what we've done. Um, and there's hundreds of people that benefit from, from all of these teachers and the experiences they bring. And again, I, I sit with these teachers wherever they're from and experience their work before I bring them in here. Uh, I have a lot of people because I have a large following. I have a lot of people that ask me about coming in to teach, but I won't let them, I won't sponsor them to do that unless I've experienced their work. Because there's a couple of criteria, if you don't mind, I'll share this. Um, a couple of criteria I have. One is um, people have to have a certain amount of humility. You know, it's not about the teacher, you know, it's the message, right. you know, yep. as you yep. all know. Oh, and yeah. I'm sure that's yours too. It's not the teacher, it's the message. They have to have a connection with the divine power and spirit. And they have to want to uh, bring good experiences to the, the people that will be in their audience. Um, you know, everyone, you know, everyone's entitled to a fair um, return on their investment, you know, a fair rate of return for their the work they do. And I have no problem with that. But I want them to be able to make a living, not make a killing. (laughs) (laughs) Crucial distinction. Very crucial. And um, I'll tell you, I won't give you the details, but I'll tell you that everyone who comes here, I negotiate with them. I negotiate with them for their reading prices and their workshop prices down lower than what they're getting back where they're from. And that's because I want people to be able to afford you know, what's going on. And um, I mean, I had one medium, I won't tell you where the guy was from. And um, he had a very unusual ability. And uh, we were negotiating a couple of years ago, him to come in, in here. And I, I said, well, what, what is the, um, what rate would you, would you want to set for the experience? And you can say it was some type of, you know, spiritual experience in a classroom. Oh, he said, oh, uh, I think $150 would be, would be fair. And I said, well, let me tell you what. There are a lot of wealthy people here in Santa Fe, but they don't come to mediumship experiences. <laughs> I said, that's too much. And um, it's very nice talking to you. See you later. You know, and then he said, well, what, what price do you think would be fair? And I said, half that at the most, because very few people are going to know what it is you're doing. And what he does is very unusual, but again, make a living, not a killing. <laughs> so, and so it's worked out. It's worked out. And the other thing that's nice is um, I host the teachers here in my home and um, I treat them very well. I sh- like to show them parts of New Mexico and um, they always come back. Very few have, have ever stopped coming here, which uh, is nice. So again, no teacher should be offended or or feel uh, insulted if you ask them what's the source of their truth. You know, uh, is it certain books they've read? Is it certain classes they've taken? Is it pure inspiration? They wake up one morning feeling that they've been uh, touched with some magical power, you know, whatever. And um, for me, I had the, the wonderful blessing of being able to attend classes in Tampa, Florida, Dorothy Flexer at the age of 11. And these were mediumship classes and they were taught by spirit guides. She was a, she was a deep trance, a trumpet medium, very rare, very, very rare. But essentially they could draw ectoplasm from her body uh, she'd be in deep trance. She would know what was happening. And they would create a vocal box with the ectoplasm. And then they would um, speak through that vocal box and, and conduct the class. So again, every week I'd be there. I could ask, we could ask questions. 
and uh, then we'd get on with the uh, the classes. When I moved to Sarasota, which is where the Flexers um, had their home, uh, they had an extra class. They had a master's class there. And on Wednesday nights, uh, after our healing service, the masters would come in and, and ask for talks. I mean, ask for subjects that people were, were interested in, and then they'd give a talk for eight to ten minutes. Uh, it was amazing. And the masters were from all over the universe. Um, it wasn't just, um, you know, very few times with somebody famous, but, you know, sometimes, certain times a year, famous people would come in and speak too. So <clears throat> it's okay to ask somebody what's the source of your truth. Again, if they if they buck up about that, then there's a reason. And um, you want to uh, just kind of let the buyer beware, so to speak, especially in this field. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. If, if you don't mind me, let me add one more thought here. And um, I still have opportunities to speak to the spirit teachers and masters um, on a monthly basis. And, and this isn't in meditation or anything. It's speaking to them like I'm speaking to you all and you're speaking back to me. Um, you know, some people expect miracles to happen in their own development. It doesn't work that way. There's very few natural mediums that, that are born that way. Very, very few. Most people start at the back of the church and work their way forward all the way to the front. Uh, that's the way I that's the way I started, and, and it took many many years to develop mediumship to a level that I felt you know was was appropriate. But again, if somebody has the right attitude and the desire, um, it can happen. You don't have to be you know a minister. You don't have to be somebody born in a long family line of mediums or anything like that. Um, I have rarely seen. And I've worked with with hundreds of people developing a learning mediumship. And I think there was only one person that couldn't get it. And I think there was some type of developmental, you know, um, issue there at the, um, the brain level, but most people can. And if they're, if they hang in there and they work with it and study and they do what feels right, they'll get it. I remember I used to, when I would have, I'd have, sessions with Dorothy Flexer where she'd go in trance and she'd give me a private reading. And I always ask the question, when will my mediumship become stronger? When can I, you know, do this, this, and this? And Dr. Meredith would say, um, it will come. It will come. And finally he told me, he said, one day, he said, don't worry about it. Just, just work, stay in the moment. And he said, one day you'll realize you're there. And you'll wonder, how did I get here? And that's what happened. You know, the other thing as far as developing your own abilities, whether it's inspirational speaking or writing or any healing or any form of mediumship, the key is you want to feel the experience. You don't want to think through the experience. Because when you run things through your brain, that analytical ability starts to you know, ask yourself, was this real? Am I really making contact with spirit people? And, you know, is this something I maybe have heard somewhere? Any nonsense like that. You want to, when you can feel it, and the soul within us communicates to the brain through the heart chakra, feelings in the center of the chest. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a great way to do it because, you know, you think about it, the soul was created 3 billion years ago. The brain's only as old as the physical body. And, um, but how do, how do you contact with the soul? You feel it. And if you, I tell them, if you get a feeling in the center of the chest to do something, I say, do it. And you'll see that it, it's, it pays off. I wanted to go back to something that you had mentioned earlier. And I, I made a note about it because uh, you were talking about um, different soul groups, and I would imagine that you don't necessarily run into everybody in your soul group with every lifetime that you have. 
Right. But I've I've had a couple of strange experiences where uh, two different people in two different places, many years apart, many miles apart, when I met them, I felt instantly that I knew who they were. Mm-hmm. I thought, I know this person. I know them. And and I, I've asked myself, do I feel like I know them because we are you know, resonating at a certain energy frequency, you know, do I know them because it's like a lid in a pot and we just happen to match or do I actually know them from a different lifetime? And I just wanted to get your take about that. I mean, do you, do you feel like you, you, you could go for, you know, decades and then all of a sudden, bam, you run into somebody from your soul group? Yes, that's exactly how it happens. When you feel, when you meet somebody in the earth experience and it's like you've known them all your life. There's a real compatibility. I can assure you those two people were people in your soul group. Okay. And you could meet them, you know, at the, the last third of your life. You could meet them at the beginning of your life. It just depends. Um, I have a twin brother who's not in my soul group. Now, that's not a litmus test of good or bad. Actually, the terms good and bad are human made. They're not not terms they use in spirit. But um, I asked Gabriel one time, I said, why is, you know, my brother, why are we, you know, twins are supposed to be really close. We're not, we're not identical, we're fraternal, but I said, what is the reason that we're together in this lifetime? And he said, he came in because he wanted to learn from you. And I said, well, that makes sense, you know, because we don't have much in common. And, you know, um, it's like being, it's like if you take two sources of energy and bring them close together, and then you turn them a quarter of a turn and they're out of sync by a quarter of a turn. That's what it's like having, interactions with somebody not in your soul group and in most cases you won't ever incarnate with them again but in if i tell you real quick there's a a situation where um um one of the questions during readings that i'll um there's certain things i can ask that that or get information from my spirit team that will tell me that this is an evolved soul somebody who's had many lifetimes and um, then I will say, well, you're an evolved soul. Your grandmother would say you're an old soul, but really we're all three billion years old. So being an old, you know, age-wise doesn't really explain what's going on. I said, you're an evolved soul. And I said, many evolved souls, and these would be people that have had 19 or 20,000 lifetimes in three billion years. I said, you've done all the easy life lessons. So you choose more difficult ones. And uh, I said, the most difficult one that I've seen is where you're in relationship with somebody who should love you unconditionally, but who does not. And they'll go, oh my God, I know exactly what that is. And I'll say, and what happened is you ask somebody in your soul group to play that role. Say it's a parent or a sibling or a child. You ask them to play that role and they refuse to do it. They said, I love you unconditionally. I'm not going to be in a lifetime where I, where I don't do that. You know, I maybe shame you or ignore you or mistreat you. I'm not going to do it. So in that case, that individual has to go and find somebody in another soul group that would be willing to come in and play that role. You know, something that would benefit them. And, you know, ultimately, I love to say it. Everything ultimately makes sense, you know. Sometimes we have to understand when we don't understand, but that's a great question, Suzanne, you know? Yes, it is interesting to meet somebody for the first time and, and just your eyes pop open and it's like, I know you. Uh And and then, and then I say, why do I think that? Uh And and so being in the same soul group is one strong possibility, I would guess. Well, it, it more likely that's what's happening. And if you have a dowsing rods, that's what I use to uh, check to see if 
someone's in right. somebody else's soul group, the rods, you know, the rods are, they move because of our soul energy. It's not spirit moving the rods. But if you ask a, you know, a certain question, the rods will either open or, or stay closed. You know, if the answer is yes, they'll open. Mm. So, you know, and, and it, it all it all has to make sense, you know. Tom, uh, this just occurred to me right now. In all the years I've known you, I've never asked you about this. So I'll take this opportunity. You use the dowsing rods and you just explained how they work in brief. What is your opinion of the efficacy and the appropriateness of Ouija boards? Ouija boards are, I have used a Ouija board when I was, you know, a kid, you know, real young. <clears throat> Most spiritual teachers, evolved teachers will recommend not using them because it's a, um, you don't always know who's on the other end of that, of that planchette. You know who's moving it, and there aren't there are no demons or devils in the spirit world. I can assure you of that. There are people who are ignorant, and you know if you invite them into your life, then you know let the buyer beware. You're the one. You're the one. You want advice from somebody who may have been well. I don't know. You know. I don't want to say an occupation and offend somebody, but you know, if they were you know. If they were a ditch digger and um, you come in and ask them about your love life or about uh, your career and and um, is that the person you want to take advice from? You know, I don't think so. So, you know, if you if you a person wants to have communication with spirit, they can learn to get to communication in real time, which is what a medium does. Um and so they can really, the, the Ouija board becomes a tool of lower vibration. Just okay. I, I appreciate your answer for that because I've wondered about that. Like yourself, when I was much, much younger, I indulged in some play, I'll call it, with Ouija board. And it was conducted by a, a high school friend of mine. And I thought it was kind of exciting. It was something new. You know, uh -huh. but I didn't feel like I was endangered. I was just confused by some of the answers. But I have known people who caution me, and it had been many, many years since I sat down with a Ouija board, but I've been cautioned. You know, you don't know, like you said, on the other end of that planchette, who's on the other end of that phone call from heaven, supposedly, or the other side of life. Would you communicate with a stranger and share intimate details of your life? No, you wouldn't. So be careful here as well. Right, right. And so you're... Normally your guides, you have an Indian, everyone has an Indian protector guide, and they would protect you against ignorant um, spiritual entities, unless you're exercising your free will to say, I want to be in communication with this person. And they have to honor your free will, no matter if they agree with you or not. So again. <laughs> that, that, that's always intrigued me as well, Tom, that, we do have guides on the other side. They don't interfere. And because of free will, we get to make lots of mistakes. Uh -huh. Can, can we, can we um, talk to our guides and ask for their help so that we can actually get some help from the other side if they're not supposed to interfere with us? Oh, sure. Now they, they're more than interested in giving their advice. Okay. You know, and when you, I can say, you know, I've made my, you know, share mistakes in my lifetime. But right now, I am in as close to near harmony with my spirit team as I have ever been. And things just keep happening in my life that are just amazing experiences. And um, I know it's because <clears throat> I'm listening. I'm asking for their, their guidance. And I'm listening to what they say. You know, and I work, I work very hard to... Uh, you know, to have a, a high level of integrity and honesty. So they're able, to, you know, it's a spiritual law, as you sow, so you reap. So those things does, come back to you. Does the advice show up in signs and symbols, or do you hear something directly, um, uh, like uh, from mind to mind, or how do the answers show up for you? All of the above. Okay. For me, it's a lot of feelings to do something. Okay. You know, um, I've been, I was 
let's see, last, not last year, but the year before, I was um, invited to go to Ecuador for 12 days to teach to an expat community in a place called Cotacachi. And I went down and I did four workshops and 30 readings, and it went very well. The, the people were just thrilled, you know? So um, when they wanted me to come back last year in, in April, I was there in, in uh, 19 in April. And, um, but I had the feeling it's not going to be able to go because I didn't know about the virus at the time. The virus came about in March. Mm-hmm. And, but I had a feeling it's not going to happen. So um, again, we canceled and um, I'm scheduled to go next, next, um, uh, this year in April. But I just have a strong feeling. I asked Dr. Meredith, what um, does it look like the virus is going to be cleared up? And, and the answer was no. Look at, look at October or November. So I just sent an wow. email. Yeah, just sent an email to my contact in, in Ecuador and said, would, I don't think we're, we're going to be able to make it for April. What about you know, October, November? So I'm waiting to hear her reply. But it's, you know, a lot of it is telepathy. Well, you know, I love to ask the question to a group. How many people get hunches and impressions? Well, in a group of new people or students I'm working with, they'll all raise their hand. And I'll say, where do they come from? And the answers are all over the place. Essentially, they're coming from your spirit guides. They've worked with you your whole life. They know how to get through the brain to you. You know, and that's, that's what you want. But some people, I've started to be able to hear them speaking to me. And that's, you know, I've been doing this a long, long time. But now I'm, I'm starting to be able, especially in readings, I'll be able to hear them. And, um, you know, or you can see things ahead of you, you know, clairvoyance. Um, it just depends. It just depends on your interest and what, what you're inclined to do physically inclined to do. And one of the things I take away from your comments, Tom, is that the good news is mediumship is not a cookie cutter function. There are the the various um, senses. I mean, there's clairvoyance, there's clairsentience, clairaudience, et cetera. It's, It's exciting to me to know that if you have a favorite medium, terrific. You want to get online or see Tom Newman in person, you can do that. And there are others whom he could recommend to you who will bring their own gifts. I find that a source of endless fascination. Yeah. And I don't use the word gifts, if you don't mind me stating this. I use the word abilities. Yeah. Because most people have studied a long, long time before they've been able to accomplish where they are now. Yeah, that's a good well distinction said. to make. Yeah. I, we've only got a, a half a minute left. And I really want to make sure that I let people know that your website is teachingoftheangels.com, teachingsoftheangels.com. Right. And also that you will be having a class on Zoom that people can attend, get to know your spirit guides two Thursdays in February, two Thursdays in March. And for that, you want to sign up at sarasotacenteroflight.com. Yes. I got that right? You got it perfect. Okay, Tom, thank you so much for being with us today. <laughs> We've got a lot of, un- oh, you're quite welcome. Glad to have you with us anytime, Tom. I have questions I will keep in store for next time. Thank you, sir. No, I'm happy to do this whenever it works out for you, you know? Good, good, thank you. And stay tuned now is Jupiter Rising. Eileen Grimes will be on the air momentarily. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend, everyone.